You see all these kids doing unboxing channels for toys on YouTube and making millions. They're making millions. But what does it actually take to build a YouTube channel? Is it as easy as unboxing some new stuff you've bought and the dollars roll in? Or do you actually have to do some work? Well, today's guest has been building his YouTube channel for the last 18 months. It's called Cali to the Crowd. And we have Andrew Alinda with us, who's going to talk to us about how to build a YouTube channel from scratch. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Andrew, welcome to the show. Alan, thank you so much for having me on. I've been a avid fan from the background. Oh, that sounds a bit creepy. I have been an avid fan <laughs> of the Entrepreneur podcast for a very, very long time. I've always wanted one of those avid fans, but in my imagination, it was never you. <laughs> no, don't worry. I won't be pressing my face against your window anytime soon. But yeah, I have been listening for a very, very long time. I'd be quite flattered, though, to be honoured. I'd be quite flattered if you did. Yeah. Anyway, moving on very quickly, you've been building this YouTube channel called Cali to the Crowd, about calisthenics. Your videos are very inspirational. Katie, my wife, has been watching them. She's been fully inspired. You've got 3,420 subscribers. And in the first 18 months, you've got 307,000 views. That's insane. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's nuts when you say it like that. And I imagine we're going to speak about that today. That hasn't happened overnight. It sometimes blows me away because if you told me that this is what it would be like in 18 months, I wouldn't have believed you. It's one of those processes that over time, a bit of a slow burn, then one day you wake up and you're, you've got this community that you've built that's really engaged, really, you know, really inspiring. And you just can't believe what you've built over a long period of time and with consistency. Well, the first thing I'd love everyone to take from this is it's 18 months. Uh, I remember back in the day, Katie and I were listening to Tim Ferriss's book. It was the four hour body and we were reading it. And some of the case studies said they lost like however many it was, 50 pounds, 40 kilos, and they were getting fit and getting healthy. And I did the diet for a week and a half, I think. And I looked at Katie frustrated. Why haven't I lost weight? Why aren't I thin? Why aren't I attractive yet? And uh, she had to remind me that in those examples, it was like, it took six months. But you kind of glaze over that bit. It took six months. It took 18 months. It takes time to build things. And behind every overnight success is years of hard work. So I guess question one, you've spent 18 months on this, but what does that actually mean? Has it been 18 months full time? Do you spend an hour a day? Like, What does 18 months actually mean to get to this level? Because it's a pretty good level to get to. Sure. So my YouTube channel is a bit nuanced in that because it's a fitness channel, the content is also dependent on my athletic performance, basically. So calisthenics, for those of you who don't know, is essentially like poor man's gymnastics. It is <laughs> um, a way of, you know, people doing handstands and jumping on bars. Basically, people who are extremely resistant to the gym still wanting to work out. <laughs> and what that means is that in order to cultivate my channel, I spend a whole load of time actually training. 
I don't really count that towards my channel time though, because I enjoy that and I would be doing that regardless. But then when it comes to YouTube, there's the whole research piece. So, you know, anytime you come up with a video idea, just making sure that it's sound. You know, I spend a lot of time on Google Scholar um, just to put a little bit of empirical muscle behind my <laughs> empirical videos. Empirical muscle, I love that. A little bit yeah, of rigor to the data. Evidence. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, on top of that, the actual filming of the videos and then the editing of the videos, before you know it, you can easily spend about 12, 15 hours a week just creating one video and I create one video a week. This is on top of a full-time job. Wow. I'm not so fortunate that YouTube can replace my income yet, but yet. It, it's fun. Yet. It, I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Keyword yet. It's fun. I enjoy it. And yeah, I'm going to keep it going. Well, I think it's quite interesting because if you didn't love doing this, like you have to give up a lot of your time for 18 months before you even see results. And I guess, well, here's the question. After 18 months of work between 10 to 15 hours a week, what are the results you've got? Like, have you made any pennies? Have you got anywhere? Like, where are you? Yeah. So like I said, it's been a slow burn. For the first 16 or so of those months, there was no financial incentive behind it at all. There's a process for being able to get money off of YouTube. The hurdle for that process is relatively high. You need to have accumulated 4,000 watch hours, which is just shy of a quarter of a million minutes. To put that in perspective, most of my videos are about five minutes long. <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's a lot of minutes that people have put in and you need to have a minimum of 1,000 subscribers, which is no small feat by any measure. So it took you about 16 months to cross those measures to be able to sign up to the YouTube monetization. Um, are you a millionaire yet? I really wish I was, you know, as you can see, I'm in my golden plate house with my diamond cutlery. No, it's it's slowly coming along. Last month, I crossed making my first $100 on YouTube, which I still cannot believe. And I'm on track this month to have made a little bit more than that. Um, so it's an upward trajectory. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with where I am. I'm, I'm extremely happy with where I am. But like I said, we're going to be digging into exactly how you can do that and replicate that without spending a penny yourself. And that is definitely where I wanted to get to. I just want everyone listening to this to hear it was 18 months of hard work to make the first hundred dollars. Like you need to hear that unless you love <laughs> getting into this stuff, unless you love your subject, unless you love what you do, why are you going to put in that energy and effort to get there? Now, I think it's incredibly valuable because now Andrew has got there, like it's starting to speed up. You're starting to get more growth. And I think the sky is your limit with this stuff and it's going to create an incredible life and work for you. However, this is not a quick fix. And unless you've got two years of cash sat around so you can just focus on the YouTube channel, like you're going to have to do it aside your job as a side hustle, as a gig, and finding the energy to do that before and after work, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, is going to be tough, which is a lot of the times why we talk about on this show, pick something you enjoy because you could build a YouTube channel about anything. Why would you ever pick something you don't like? It just sounds crazy to me. 
But look, enough of me. How do we start? Like, I, I basically want to get to, if you were going to start again and you wanted to get as big a kickstart as you could, as much progress as you could, how would you say to yourself, like, if you were going back to advise yourself at the start, what would you say? Where's the focus? What do you do? What do the people listening do to get going on their own YouTube channel if they are so inspired to become creators? Well, the first thing I'd say if I could go back 18 months would be to drop a lump sum on Bitcoin to myself and then uh, just wait and see what the what happened. <laughs> I've got my head in just my hands at that advice. Asterix there, I am not endorsing Bitcoin. That was definitely a joke. <laughs> I'm somewhat worried that people listening won't think it's a joke, especially given the current climate. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, definitely judgmental look from Alan. But definitely look, a judgmental look. And, <laughs> if I was to go back and advise myself, starting from absolute zero, the first piece of advice I'd really give myself would be to, like you mentioned, start with something you're passionate about. There really is no point doing this if what you want to talk about and what you want to make videos about is something you're really unpassionate about. Like I said, you can easily spend 10, 12, 15 hours on just creating one five-minute video. It sounds nuts, but once you get into it, the process of video creation, even once you've built a template and streamlined that process, can take really, really long. And you might not see any rewards for that for anywhere. The average time to get monetized on YouTube is four years. So wow, you could be doing that for a very, very long time. And it's one of those things where I think you can you can throw the kitchen sink at it, you really can, but you might as well be doing it with something you're passionate about. That would be my first, first, first piece of advice. I love that. So start with the passion, start with the subject. So, well, question one is identify what you actually enjoy doing it. Then where do we go from yeah. there? We've worked out, we enjoy calisthenics, like I love Lego, like whatever it is. We've decided what we love, pizza, who cares? I've always wanted to do a pizza channel. But anyway, we've decided <laughs> what happens next. Sure. So I'm going to break this down into actually four segments when it comes to starting a YouTube channel from scratch. And each of those segments have kind of attached a little exercise along with it. So we're going to have a very <laughs> practical podcast session today. So finding what you're passionate about would be item number one. The exercise that I'd actually pair with that would be to go and take a look at three YouTube channels that you like, three model channels, pick them and just have a watch of some of their most recent videos. What do you like about them? What don't you like about them? And then I guess most importantly, of what you have watched, how do you feel you can be different? Because there's no point in you creating videos that other people are already doing exactly as they're already doing it. There really isn't a point. And when we're talking about different ideas, I really do mean at this point, anything. There are literally videos on YouTube that you can watch of people scrolling through social media. You can mm -hmm. watch a video of somebody scrolling through TikTok or Instagram, or you can watch a video of somebody doing their homework. And these people have <laughs> hundreds of thousands of subscribers. So... I don't believe there is an idea you can come up with that is invalid. So pick one that you find yourself passionate about and go and hunt for some role models that you can look at and find out how you can add value in a different way. That would be 
if I was to package all of that into step one. And I guess what we're really saying is there's no right or wrong answer here. There's actually no limits. No, none at all. If you're going to pick something, start and get learning, you will already be further along than so many other people who have sat down at a cafe with their friends and said, do you reckon I should start a YouTube channel? Just <laughs> just, just do it. Just do it. We all know what your friend is going to say. Yeah, that sounds cool. I'd watch it, you know. So just go out, do it, try it. You'll learn way more from posting that first video than anything else you can possibly do. I absolutely love that. And it's advice I regularly give. I say, go and speak to a real life customer. You will learn more in a half an hour conversation with a real life customer than you will in two weeks of Google research. And it, I guess it's the same for building a YouTube channel. Building that first video, you'll learn more than you would from weeks of talking about it. Okay, so step one, passion. Find three model channels, watch some videos, work out what you like, what you don't like, and how you could be different. That's step one. Mm -hmm. What are we on to for step two? Step two is, so I could have gone down a few avenues here, but I'm going to just focus a little bit on the actual video creation. Now, this is the part that I think is going to adhere so much to the rebel principles. If you were to go onto YouTube right now and click how I create my YouTube videos, you'll find so many videos of really popular YouTubers talking about the software that they use and the products that they use to create their YouTube videos. Yes. Beneath that, you'll probably find a series of Amazon affiliate links to those products as well, but we'll, <laughs> we'll brush that aside. <laughs> when it comes to the video creation, you really do not need to spend a lot of money. You really don't. It can literally be free. And I don't mean that hyperbole. It can be as cheap as zero dollars. When it comes to creating your video, if you make sure that you are in a environment that is not distracting, so you have a decent mm. background that won't distract the viewer from your background, you have good audio. Here's the bit where you might want to splash out a little bit, but for example, I use a £10 lapel mic that I got off of Amazon, and that's okay. the only cost my YouTube channel has ever incurred to me. Wow. But that just drastically increases the audio quality of your videos. And I use my phone. I use a Samsung S10 phone for all my videos. You'll find most YouTubers use a camera that is maybe up to £500 worth of camera that you've bought. I definitely don't think that's necessary, especially when you're starting out. What you're looking for is a proof of concept. Mm. When it comes to video editing software you will hear a lot of talk around the Adobe products. The Adobe Creative Suite is amazing. It's what I use, but I get it for free from work. <laughs> we won't tell them that. <laughs> we won't tell them that I partially use it for Say that. Say nothing, yeah. Yeah, we'll completely brush that aside. But if you want alternatives to Adobe, there are alternatives. And Alan, I will send you a link that you can drop into into the description. Tell us about it now. Where do we go? Where do we find out? So there's a really fantastic site that has broken this down called Creative Block. They have amazing video ideas and transition ideas that you can use for your videos. But what they also have is a really interesting blog. And every week or so, they come out with a really, really great article that usually teaches you something new about graphic design or video editing. 
And it's I, I find it really interesting to subscribe to. I'm on their email list. Is this a YouTube channel? Is this a, is this a blog or a... No, sorry. It's a complete website. Creative blog. Blog spelled B-L-O-Q. Because ah. they're trendy like that. But they have an interesting article called Six Amazing Free Adobe CC Alternatives. Oh, cool. Basically, what they have is they have a list of... If you can think of an Adobe product, take Photoshop, for example. They have a free alternative that you can use, download today and get started with creating something. So the alternative to Photoshop, for example, is a tool called Pixlr. The alternative to Adobe Premiere Pro, which I have actually used once before, is DaVinci Resolve. I really like DaVinci. It's a tool that is really, really powerful and most importantly, free. So if you're looking for a powerful tool that you can use to create your videos in a way that isn't going to burn a hole into your pockets, you can use that. I love that. Excellent. So DaVinci Resolve, I've had a little Google. It looks incredible. I will be checking that out. And it's free. Like, what's the catch? Come on. What's going on here? <laughs> Basically, their model is to get you on a series of a series of freemium features. So they're looking to get you onto their free product and then for particular add-ons, for particular tools, that's where they okay. they try and and get you to to purchase products. But for what you get completely for free, you can use DaVinci really well without ever needing to pay a penny. I love it. That's a fantastic thing. So really, what we're working on now is the video creation and getting going. And what you're telling us is just use my phone. Maybe we've got a 10-pound lapel mic to do sound. And one of the things I've heard, which I'd love to know, what I've heard is for video, sound is the most important bit, which I find interesting. Why is sound so important in video? Well, there's actually two reasons for that. The first one is sound is such a key sense. If you go and watch a YouTube video, what you'll probably find is the first sense of yours to wonder will be your sight. You will probably look elsewhere. Mm. You will probably multitask by looking at something else. But your ears is what you're paying attention with. That's the primary thing you're paying attention with. And the audio quality is just paramount to making sure that you're keeping that attention. The second part is actually a little bit more insidious. YouTube uses a lot of data to figure out what your video is about. It really tries to make sure that what your everything about your video, everything from the images in your video to the thing you use as a thumbnail, to the title of the video, to your description, is relevant to what they're going to show to the person who's decided to click on that video. One thing they actually do is they use AI to pull what you're saying in your video and actually turn it into subtitles, automatically generated subtitles. They use that as metadata to use as further data to make sure that they're recommending these videos to the right people. Interesting. If your audio quality is poor, you're actually taking away a tool from your toolbox in order to rank better on YouTube, unless you're going to physically manually input those subtitles yourself. YouTube won't be able to catch. If you have a title called "How to Make a Podcast" or "How to Start a Podcast," and the auto-generated subtitles that YouTube is pulling isn't getting that from what you're saying, it will class you as a spammy video. Interesting. And it's taking a tool out of your arsenal. So yes, I completely agree. Audio is 
really, really important. Followed closely by visuals, but I'd still say audios definitely top up there. Interesting. Okay, cool. So we need to work on the sound. We need the microphone. We can get the free software with DaVinci Resolve. So how do we actually start? Like, tell us how to start, because we've got to do something. (laughs) How do we actually start? Sure. So the exercise that I would have attached to this section of just video creation would be, so before we spoke about the three channels that you're going to take a look at and really dig into what you liked and what you didn't like about them. The next exercise that I'd like people to really try and do is go onto those channels, click on the videos tab and flip it. So you're actually looking at their videos in order of oldest to newest and go and watch their older videos. Go and watch the videos where these guys were starting out from nothing. Go and see what they did wrong, because I guarantee you almost all of their videos from (laughs) way back when will be absolutely (laughs) terrible, not to the quality that you're looking at now. That will do one of two things. Number one, it will teach you what not to do. What don't you like about those videos? Avoid doing that. And number two, it will actually give you the confidence to just start. Get that camera in front of your face and start making a video. It doesn't matter what it is right now. To start making a video, make that video in a way that adds value to the person watching it. Make sure you're aware of what that value is. Create that video, look back on it and have a think. Did you enjoy filming it? Did you enjoy recording it? And would somebody watching that video come away with value? Whether that value is entertainment, learning a new skill, whether it's relaxation, whatever it is they should be able to come away with something. I think the problem that a lot of people starting out on YouTube try to do a little bit too quickly is make it too much about themselves. I did this. I have this. Mm. I'm doing this. It sucks, but people don't care about you. They don't know who you are. You haven't (laughs) added value to them. Why should they care? It should be about you providing value. Then maybe later down the line, you put, you talk about what you're doing once you've added value and then you can talk about how maybe something you've done is applying what you've seen is enriching other people. Mm. So really what we've got to do is focus on sharing something of value with an audience. Yes, 100%. I think if we boil that segment down, that is pretty much what we're talking about. We're talking about creating a video. And again, we're talking about that first video here, that very raw video where we just want to start and get some feedback, feedback from ourselves, understanding how we feel about that creation process, and then feedback from others. You will likely not get many views and comments on that first video. (laughs) It is therefore your responsibility to be ruthlessly and unapologetically just unashamedly promote that video it's your job to unashamedly promote that video in a way that you've created this thing go and put it in front of as many people as possible if the feedback is oh that's nice as it probably will be (laughs) from your friends and your mom then maybe have a think about who you want to be specifically putting this video in front of but for that first video I would highly recommend just putting it in front of as many people as possible because the feedback will be very general, but there will still be nuggets of value in that feedback. So 
If you want extra inspiration, then feel free to go to the uh, Rebel Business School YouTube channel and look at our first videos where I forced my business partner, Simon, to sit on a cream couch in my laptop before we ran our first ever event in 2012. And we filmed ourselves talking about the event. And I don't think Simon could look any more uncomfortable. I did not <laughs> tidy up the pots and pans from the kitchen behind me. It's a mess. I Who knew background was the thing on YouTube? I was like, we just yep. need to do a video to get people to do it. And we got it out there. We did it. And 45, 50 people turned up to the first ever event we ran. But we did it. Am I mm -hmm. proud looking back of that video? No. But it is still there to prove <laughs> that we all start somewhere. You just got to create that first video. You've got to get it out to the world and you've got to get it going. 100%. I think we can sit here talking about backgrounds and filters and lighting. <laughs> but ultimately, for that first video, if we're talking about getting started from scratch, that first video just has to be just do something. Get that feedback as soon as possible. Just get it out there. Just get it out there. So we've got find your passion. Work on the first video. We've got some free software. We've got some ideas. Just do it on your phone. Get it out there. What's next? This one I kind of like to call Know Your Viewer. Okay. And I'll actually start with the exercise for this one. So in your head, when you think about the videos you're making, who do you envisage sitting down and watching this video? I personally like to make a persona. That's just how my mind works. So for my YouTube channel about calisthenics, my persona, I call him Dylan. Is this imaginary guy. Mm. The majority of people that watch my videos are guys. So he's 18 to 25 years old. He hasn't got a lot of disposable income. He's quite social in what he does. He's really into his social life. But he's never been big on sport. He's never been big on fitness. And he's just looking to start with something that he started to find a little bit fun, dip his toe in fitness a little bit. So when I create my videos, I have that image in my mind of Dylan being the prototypical person who would enjoy my videos. Now, Dylan wasn't who my persona was on day one. That persona <laughs> has changed over time. Yes. But now Dylan is the persona. The first person who I envisaged watching my videos was a 25 to 35 year old man who had been into fitness his whole life and mm. wanted to learn some really cool new gymnastics and calisthenics skills. Over time, that has changed because I've been taking a look at YouTube shows you who is watching your videos and who's most engaged with your videos. And you can change what that persona looks like over time. But when starting out, if you have in, in mind who you believe that person to be, that'll do two things. It will Make sure that there's an element of you continuing to hold true to that, being able to provide value to that person in a way that they understand. And number two, if you have in your mind who you are making this video for, it will really help keep your videos consistent, especially at the beginning. If I made my first video, for example, for Dylan, an 18 to 25-year-old person who's looking to dip his toe into fitness, and then I make my second video for maybe somebody who's 35 to 40, who's highly educated in the world of fitness, maybe mm. they're a sports scientist or whatnot, the contrast would be huge and you'd end up creating videos that nobody would stick around to watch. 
So know the person who's coming along to watch your video and make that content accordingly. I love that. So we focus on the one person or the one like persona stereotype of person, and then we create content to help them. Yes, yes. So we're adding value to them. And and what I don't want to get this mixed up with is I'm not saying alienate everybody else. <laughs> That's certainly not what I'm saying. What I'm talking about is if we're going to be making sure that we're adding value, it's usually best to make sure that you're adding value to someone and then the rest is gravy. And what you'll tend to find is that if you try and make sure that you're adding value for absolutely everyone, you'll end up adding value to no one. And by niching down, by stripping it back a little bit, what you'll actually find is that you what you tailor it, you yes. take a look at your YouTube analytics, you learn, and then for the next video, you keep building and building and building on that. And it will change over time. But if you go into it with that knowledge that, you know, I'm looking to add value to this particular person, I, in my mind, was looking to add value to somebody who was an intermediate fitness athlete, but my story was about a beginner calisthenics athlete. So you know what, it wasn't too much of a pivot to switch to making videos about helping beginners. That wasn't too much of a switch. And I could do that without really jarring swings from video to video. Mm. And I've personally found that to be extremely valuable. Cool. So we've got a target. We know who we're talking to, which does make life a lot easier when you're launching a business. And actually, to tie into what you're saying, one of the things we repeat ad finitum at the pop-up business school is if you try and sell to everyone, you will end up selling to no one. And I think it's the same in pretty much everything you do. If you try and please everyone, you'll end up pleasing no one. And yeah. sometimes our advice is divisive on the show. And well, it should be, because if you please everyone, you're probably whitewashing and not actually adding value. So stop trying to please everyone. Pick one group, one idea of a person and dive in, provide value, connect, challenge, and create something cool. Excellent. So we've got passion, video mm -hmm. creation, know your viewer. Where are we going next? Sure. So this final one kind of wraps a lot under the same umbrella. And it's basically about consistency. When we go into any form of content creation, especially content creation that we're looking to turn into a business one day. I cannot stress how important consistency is. If you can just be consistent, I guarantee you that you're 90% of the way there. 90% of the people won't continue to be consistent. So there's a lot of things packaged into that word, so I'll split it out a little bit. Pick your cadence for coming out with videos. If you want to make videos once a week, choose a day and stick to it. If it's a Sunday, like me, I make sure that I have my video live on a Sunday, which means my video has to be edited by a Saturday, which means it has to be filmed by a Friday, which means my notes for the video have to be written by a Wednesday. I know what that cadence is. So if I get to a Tuesday and I don't have notes for my next video, the cortisol level in my body starts rising a little <laughs> bit. And I, <laughs> I make sure that I've given myself that kick up the bum to mm. get going and get started with it. If you have that cadence in place, that is really, really important. But it doesn't stop there because once you created the video, as you always say, Alan, if they build it, 
they won't come. They never come. <laughs> they never come. So you've got to have a cadence for when you market your videos. If people get used to you putting out a video on a Sunday and then following that up on a Sunday afternoon, maybe with an Instagram story post or an Instagram post or a Facebook post or, or, or something to engage your wider audience, you will get more views. It, it sounds so in your face obvious, but people don't do it. They no. don't have that cadence. You'll go to a YouTube channel that has had phenomenal views, maybe in the first couple of weeks, and then they drop off a cliff and then they come back and then they wonder <laughs> where all their viewers have gone. And it's because they're not used to this disparate, I'm going to drop a video here and then wait two months and then drop another video. Or you get the opposite. It's somebody who posted their first video, didn't get many views. So they wait a couple of months and then drop another video again. And then in 10 months time, they're wondering why they posted 10 videos and only got 10 views. Yes. Yeah. So that consistency is so, so important in, in every aspect. It actually has one more point to it, which is Ooh. when you start looking wider, when you start looking at how YouTube recommends videos, you start to notice that that consistency is quite important to how YouTube gives your channel a little bit of a boost. So mm. what, what, what does that mean? So for example, I personally publish videos once a week. What I tend to notice is that on a Sunday when I publish, my views go through the roof. And then over the week, maybe by about Thursday, you've trickled down to maybe about half of the viewership you'd have had on the Sunday and the Monday. And then just in time for it to trough out, you get that absolute spike again when I post a new <laughs> video. Now, Alan, what do you think would happen to that line on that graph if I didn't post that video that following Sunday? Well, just keep plummeting. Well, you just end up with no viewers two weeks later. Exactly. Yeah, it would keep plummeting. And what you tend to find as well is that when you publish that next video, especially when it's on cadence, you start to find that people start gravitating to your channel. People learn, people know, okay, I know to expect a video from Alan on a Sunday, every Sunday. So what I tend to find actually is on, when I look at my live analytics on a Sunday morning, I start to get really big jumps in my views. I haven't posted mm. a video yet until Sunday afternoon, but people know to expect it. And they start, get, they start getting that heightened traffic because over these 18 months, people have grown to become used to expecting a video from me. I actually get comments and DMs on my Instagram if my video is coming out <laughs> particularly late. Last week I was in Birmingham, so I published my video at 7 p.m. UK time. And I had Ooh. three messages on Instagram and one message on YouTube asking me where, where the video is it? was. Where is it? Where is it? <laughs> you know, you, you think that this stuff isn't important, but cadence is, is so mm. important. That consistency is so king. So if we're going to snowball all of these things together, what you'll actually find is when you, when you list these things out, so finding out what you're passionate about, the video creation, making sure that you're consistent, making sure that actually what you're looking into is adding value to somebody. Mm. These things are all free. These things are all free. They're all skills that you can consistently cultivate and build over time, but you can learn all these things for free. And I think 
the focus is always when, when you're creating a YouTube video, like I said, the focus is always on what camera do I have? What software do I have? What mic do I have? <laughs> you know, do I need a, one of those light box halo things? And you can very quickly, if you want to end up spending 1000, maybe 2000 pounds trying to create yeah. a YouTube video, but then you use it and you find yourself getting 10 views and then you wonder what's going wrong. Yes. It doesn't have to be about the money. Interesting. I love that. So kind of we're very practical here. We just need to choose a passion, create a video, decide who it's for. Maybe we reverse the order of those so we decide who the audience is and then create the video for them. Produce it consistently and get it out there. And actually, I'd like to split number five or number four out, promotion. I'd like to split that out into its own separate one. I know that's ruining your four steps, Andrew, but like promotion is its whole thing because if you don't promote it, no one will know about it. If you don't share mm -hmm. it, no one will watch it. And I think people think magically I'm going to put a video on YouTube and all of a sudden the YouTube algorithm and search engine is going to put me to the top of the list. I'll get millions of views and we're going to be millionaires this time next year, Rodney. That's what's going to happen. So I don't think I've ever met anyone that's happened for. I tried it. Didn't happen. We consistently put a video out on the Rebel Business School YouTube channel for three months. We put a video out every single day. Uh, and it was a really interesting mini experiment. We built up a bunch of subscribers, a bit of energy, but it was hugely, hugely time consuming to do. And our biggest lesson is you need to get off YouTube to promote YouTube. That was our biggest lesson. Has that been your experience? What are your thoughts on YouTube? What do you think? Yeah, 100%. Promotion should not be underrated, especially when you're starting out. And there are many reasons for that. The first one is, think about what YouTube is. YouTube, it is very hard to sometimes forget that YouTube is a business. They are a business. They make money by selling advertising space. That is primarily how they get their money. They use your videos to draw people to their platform. They push adverts to those people on their platform, and it's in their best interest to keep people on their platform. Where the video creator and YouTube's interests overlap is on making sure that people stay on their platform. For you, it's on your channel. Now, YouTube has very creative algorithms for pushing videos. If nobody has watched your video, YouTube has absolutely no data on who to push this video to. It doesn't know who will like mm. your video. So the best thing you can do to get your video ranking higher is to give YouTube some data on your video. And the best way you can do that is to shamelessly plug your video to every man and his dog. <laughs> <laughs> if you plug your video to, you know, all the group WhatsApp texts that you've got, you know, I don't care. Be, be shameless in your approach because... If it's something you're passionate about, it's something you know you're going to be consistent with, over the long term, what you'll find is that these people actually admire your passion. Yes. Publish it to the Work WhatsApp group. Say, you know what? Be honest. I'm being shameless in my approach. Do you mind giving me some feedback? Mm. These people will occasionally drop onto your YouTube channel. And what that will do is you will have maybe your mum watch a YouTube channel and comment, oh, I'm so proud of my boy. My mom did that for the first three videos, <laughs> I think I did. That will tell YouTube, oh, okay. So there is one 
middle-aged lady from London who absolutely <laughs> loves this video and is highly engaged. Maybe we should push this video to more middle-aged ladies from London. YouTube will then go away and do that and find out, okay, that was an outlier. That's not the right audience. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's not the right audience. But you know what? YouTube is getting data. It's getting richer data. And you know what? If you do it to enough people, what you'll find is that there will be a group, a subset of people that will watch your video and latch on to the idea. Yes. Maybe not initially, but if you keep pushing it, they will latch on to that idea and that will give YouTube such a rich... Mm set of information and data points as to who to continue to pushing this video to. And what you actually find is if you continue to do that, you will find there'll come a tipping point where the majority of your views is not coming from your shameless plugging of constantly sending your friends and annoying your friends. You'll find that there's a tipping point where you gain most of your views from YouTube's recommendations. And that is a really exciting point that you can actually get to really, really quickly if you promote your videos. How long does this take? How shameless and for how long do I need to be out there pushing this? Because you say quickly, mm. but we, as we spoke about at the very beginning of this, is that 18 months quickly? Is that six months quickly? Or is that four weeks quickly? Yeah, so when I say that tipping point, so how I noticed it was I used to live on YouTube analytics. I'm one of those people that likes the numbers. <laughs> I like looking at the line graphs go up and down. And I always found that whenever I shared my YouTube video on Instagram or on Facebook, I would get a little spike, a little spike in the number of viewers. And because my the number of viewers were so small, I could see. You could see I could it. physically yeah. see when one extra person had watched my video that day. It was that granular. When you start to notice that your promotion of your video is not the be-all and end-all of your video getting one view, two views, we're, we're talking about maybe 10 views being the difference of swinging that. So if YouTube recommended your video and 10 people watched it, and then you put it in a WhatsApp group and four people watched it, that tipping point, we're talking about a group in total of about 14 people, but that tipping point of YouTube recommended it to more people than your shameless promotion. It's a small step, but it's a big step. And that step can happen really quickly. And I noticed it about maybe two months into creating videos. Again, two months of weekly creating a video. It's not the same for everybody. I've heard it called many, many things. I call it the tipping point. But it's one of those moments where you look at it and you say, okay, so there is a small teeny weeny part of the YouTube algorithm <laughs> that is on my side, <laughs> you know? And that is a nice place to be because you're you're putting your time, you're putting your energy into creating this these videos and these content. It can be disheartening when you look at it and the only person to have watched it is yourself and your mum. It can be disheartening, but... If you trust that you're adding value to people, you know that the things you're making is adding value that maybe in a different way to somebody else, that somebody else has not looked at in this way before. You have to trust that eventually it will work for you. It just won't happen overnight. You're not going to get to a million views in a day because that's not, it's not in the interest of the YouTube algorithm to promote videos from unknown channels who have just cropped up overnight. That's not how the system works. You have to build up credibility. And the only way to do that is to be consistent, provide value, make sure you know who you're providing the value for, 
and to make sure that you're being passionate in how you're coming across. So really, we just need to start. Uh, I think if you're listening to this, the advice Andrew's giving is just start. If you've ever dreamt of creating a YouTube channel, like pick the subject and start. And it takes time, energy and effort, but it can be done. For free. <laughs> I love that addition. Yes, for free. That's what this show is all about, is building businesses without spending money. Sounds like you've spent about £10 on a microphone and you've made like a couple of hundred bucks on the other end. So you have a good return yeah. on investment so far, but you put in a lot of time to get to this point. <laughs> what we're actually hoping for, and this is a wonderful thing, I had a friend, uh, his name was Kieran. He had a blog. And the way he saw it was every blog article he created was like a worker that he was putting out in the field. And he puts these workers out there and then they're working even when he's sleeping. So you've been building videos for 18 months. You've probably done 75-ish videos now. And you've got 75 videos that are continuing to work for you even whilst you're working on the new ones. So that kind of build-up of that energy, putting those workers out into the fields to be promoting for you, working for you, searching, working in the YouTube algorithm to find you new viewers. Like You've been building these workers for some time now. And do you know what I find interesting about that is that we mentioned that it can take up to 18 months for you to start to see the benefits of... Well, it took 18 months for me to start to see the benefits mm. of me creating these videos. But that is an 18 months wasted effort. And then only now I'm only going to get anything out of it. What you actually tend to find is that when you have a successful video, it drastically bumps up the traffic of your mm. historic videos. All of those views, once you've you know hit your monetization threshold, it will mean that you will ultimately get more money. I noticed it as well when I started making videos on handstands. It was just before the start of lockdown. I was a small YouTube channel. I didn't really know much about what I was doing. And then halfway through lockdown, what I tended to find was that actually more and more people were interested in handstands. And then by the time I was halfway through lockdown, the number of people searching for it went up. And what once I was slightly more established, the views for my handstand videos shot through the roof through no, absolutely no action of me. This is just a video in the past that just randomly started to perform well because of other environmental factors. And you'll tend to find that again and again and again. I love that. I love that. So if you were to summarize, Andrew, for someone who's been thinking about building a YouTube channel, they've had an idea or maybe they've not even thought about it until listening to this episode. What's the summary of the advice? What do we really want to hit them with? What do we, how best do we help them? Yeah, I think if I condense, condense it down, we hear so often of the crazy success story, right? Because it's, it's a nice story. You hear the story of the person who quit his job to do YouTube. In fact, you're probably considering this because you've watched the video of the person <laughs> who's quit their job to do YouTube. It's a nice story, but that isn't typical. It's not typical for you. Otherwise, everybody would be doing it, right? Mm. It's not typical for somebody to spend 10, 15 hours a week unpaid creating video. It's not typical for people to actively go out of their way to create value for other people. It's not typical for people to, to know 
somebody who they've never met and create value for that person. It, this this isn't normal. And then on top of it, it's not typical for somebody to have all of those skills and package that into the technical skills of video creation as well and video editing. That that having all of that is isn't normal. But if you're willing to learn how to do it, you're willing to put aside some time every week to put towards something you're passionate about and make sure you're passionate about it because it will show if you're not. You can't fake that. If you're willing to put in that time and then just start somewhere, you will be shocked at the sort of results you can see by getting 1% better every video you put out. It will be gradual, but I guarantee you, if you're consistent, you will see results over the long term. And it's, it's staggering. I get some of my friends message me from time to time and say, what the hell happened here? You know, they, they they haven't been on my channel since I first shamelessly plugged it to them. And then they look at it and they're wondering what's going on. And, and my channel is still small by most accounts. And yet they're still shocked at what it is that I'm doing. And that to me doesn't feel like a shocking moment because it's been so gradual. It's, you know, like the frog in the boiling pot, you know, mm. you, you just sit there simmering and one day you find out that your, your channel shit hot. And it's, it's an amazing feeling because it does feel like your work is starting to pay off and it really will. I love that. I absolutely love that. But it takes 18 months and it takes time and it takes effort mm. and you've just got to start. So if you're listening to this and you are deep into the podcast with The Rebel Entrepreneur and you haven't taken action yet, do it now because time is going to pass anyway. So you might as well create something. You might as well have fun. You might as well enjoy the journey. Andrew, thank you for your advice, your energy, your information. And actually, we've got a whole set of new podcasts coming up for the people listening. Let's tell people, like, how did we actually meet, Andrew? How did we start? Why are you on The Rebel Entrepreneur? How did this come about? <laughs> this came about because I was walking back from, I think I was walking back from work one day, listening to one of the really early flagship episodes of The Rebel Entrepreneur. And it occurred to me that maybe I could provide some value to this random guy called Alan that I've never met before. <laughs> internet and friends. Exactly, internet friends. Make internet friends and perhaps provide some value to his podcast listeners on what YouTube was about. And then actually maybe even source some of his knowledge about how to monetize that process. He has a nugget or two of information about how to start a business. I <laughs> uh, don't know where I heard that from, but I wanted to leverage that. And yeah, you kindly messaged me back and we have a whole series of videos that will be going live very soon. And you may have been listening to the coaching series, the Rebel Entrepreneur coaching series, which is happening on Thursdays each week. The first season was 12 episodes with Christina, who was launching a photography business in LA. Uh, you've got to listen to that from where she went from part-time side hustle to, well, you probably know the answer now, but go back and listen if you haven't heard that one. The second <laughs> season started with Jamie, the artist, uh, who was working out what type of art should I focus on? Where should I put my energy? Uh, and she worked out, out and started to think about launching a comic book doing spooky horror 
is a really interesting one. So we've had a photographer, an artist, and the third season is going to be Andrew Hare, who had got to a decent stage with his YouTube channel before we even spoke. And then for the past probably five months or something, we've been speaking about how does Andrew monetize his YouTube channel? And you can listen along to the journey. And if you launch your own channel now, this is going to be the perfect perfect set of podcasts for you to listen along to as you actually launch your own channel. And what I'd really love all of you listening to get is doesn't really matter what type of content you're creating, whether it's a blog, a podcast, or a YouTube channel, video, audio, or text. It's the same. You build something, you put it out there, you speak to an audience, you promote it, and then eventually use the same pretty much tools and techniques to monetize it. So whatever type of content creation you're into, this is the set of videos for you. Closing message for people listen to, Andrew, and then we shall let the rebels go out there and rebel. Sure. First of all, thanks again so much for having me on, Alan. I always love being on the podcast. It's really, really great. And I'm a little bit starstruck. (laughs) I still am starstruck. It's one of those where I literally listened to your latest episode of the podcast today, and now I'm on the podcast in the evening. It it (laughs) always feels a little bit surreal. So yeah, thanks again for that. Um, In terms of closing messages, I, I just can't iterate it enough. Just start. I've mentioned a lot of things today, and I've actually deliberately left out a lot of things as well, because a lot of people, myself included, can get bogged down with paralysis analysis. You can get bogged down with lighting and visual effects and what type of intro you want to make and what music you want to pick. You really can get bogged down in the detail, but if you just start somewhere, create that first version and build on each time you create, I guarantee you, you will be shocked at what you can create over the long term. So that would be what my message boils down to. Start and be consistent. Yeah. And if you'd like to check out Andrew's channel, have a look at Cali to the Crowd. Go subscribe. Go see some videos of him doing L-sits and handstands and all sorts of crazy stuff. He's got some great videos that will inspire you. And start. Thank you for listening to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Good luck. Go build. Go create. And let's make money whilst having fun. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.